Motivational Cowboy with this week's Outstanding Life Podcast. And today I am in the studio with Bill Melbach and Joshua Spears. A lot of you have heard them, these guys on other episodes, and I appreciate you guys being here. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's Bill Melbach and doing, Joshua Johnny? Spears in the house. Man, it is early and it's only about quarter after uh, 12. Mm-hmm. Not a.m. either. It is p.m. It is in the afternoon. I just got back from Indianapolis at the uh, Brickyard 400 where I had an outstanding weekend. And we are going to dive right Hey, Johnny, you know what I was thinking? I've been on a lot of your shows and you've had millions of views and all that kind of stuff. And I think that... You know, just just reading social media and seeing the feedback from all your all the all your listeners, I think. What 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 about if we dive into to Johnny D a little bit today and talk about him? I know the Brickyard is a lot of fun, but uh, that has me really interested. And I think I think the listeners. What do you think, Bill? I think that'd be great. I think it's time for a roast. No, <laughs> no I, that'd be fantastic. The way you jumped right into that is like you guys planned something Maybe. that we were, we were supposed to come here and talk about something else, and now you want to talk about me. Well, Johnny, you're... And you he, dove right into that like yeah. like you are a professional. Just because this is like your 10th episode of being on the Outstanding Life podcast, you... So I guess that I'm going to give the reins to you and Bill today. Is that yeah. is that is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Right. I mean, there's been a lot of shows. I mean, you obviously your shows, you, you highlight other people, the outstanding life and, you know, all kinds of different guests from all over the country. And, and what a great opportunity to, to, to do that with your podcast. But unfortunately, a lot of your your listeners might not know who Johnny D is. And I think that that's a real big deal. I mean, Johnny D has been a huge impact on a, in my life and all the thousands you impact every year. Why not share that with them? And Bill and I got together and said, this, this dude's not going to let us do it on our on <laughs> his own that's right he's not gonna say do it on his own so let's just make it happen did it just get hot in the studio because Ah, i ah, because i am a sweaty you know you know uh i uh, um uh yeah i'm kind of (laughs) speechless you know because i'm so i'm so used to being the guy interviewing the other person or talking to the group and this is kind of weird to be looking at both of you and knowing that you guys are going to be asking me questions and I have no idea what they are. It's actually pretty great yeah. because he looks a little <laughs> flustered and tongue-tied. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so hey, let me uh, let me get this started because uh, one thing uh, I'd like to do myself with this uh, is to let the audience know how dedicated Johnny is, his body of work, his career. It's always been for the audience. And uh, I noticed everything in, in all of his albums and his books and everything. There's always a dedication. So I'd like to kick off this podcast by just reading straight from uh, his uh, "Time to Stand Out" album, and uh, because it's for you, it's for it's for the audience. So uh, I dedicate this CD slash podcast to you, you who inspire me each and every day, you who truly live the outstanding life, you who live, love, laugh, and no matter what life throws your way. Uh, you who will write your own stories and be with the ones you love. So I just wanted uh, to start that off. This is uh, dedicated to the audience, and I want people to know uh, Johnny is out there uh, all the time working for you guys. You trying to make me cry? <laughs> Won't be the, oh, first time. Be the first time. <laughs> wow. Um, it, you know, and that's the truth. Um, just you reading that, Bill, I mean, sometimes I forget about all the projects that I have put out there and the CDs and the books and stuff like that, but... You reading that, it takes me back to 20-some years ago of getting started in this business. And um, the guy that mentored me in this business, 
ask me, what do you want to get out of your career? If tomorrow never comes, what do you want? And I thought about that, and it, and it, and it, and it took days to really, really think about that and pray about that. And um, it's just I want to be in everybody's self-development library. If it's one of my books, if it's one of the CDs, if it's one of my tapes from back in the day, and those of you that are a lot younger, if you don't know what a tape is, look it up. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just I, I, I want to be a part of people's self-development library. And if, and if they don't have a library, maybe I'm the first motivational speaker um, that they have a book of or a CD of. So, yeah, it, it, it's always been about the people. Well, one thing I wanted to ask, since I've got two motivational speakers in the room <laughs> here, uh, I've read surveys before where uh, the number one thing on a list that people fear is public speaking. Absolutely. It's the biggest fear in the world. People would yeah. rather die. And then, then yeah, and the number four is death. Yeah. So, yeah, basically people would rather die than speak in public. So yeah. what, what brought you, and both of you guys, but what specifically brought you to wanting to speak in public and, and do this for people? Yeah, you know, um, I'll never forget the day that, um, i got to be honest with you, Bill, ju- just like over a year and a half ago, I didn't know what a podcast was. Over 20-some years ago, I didn't know what a motivational speaker was. All I knew that, I, I mean, one, I was a um, small business owner. I was at... Just to at, let the millennials know that he was actually born before the internet. There were people right. before the internet. <laughs> and, and, and I'll never forget the time. I'll never forget this, though. But um, um, I was a marketing director for a Fortune 500 company, and uh, I had a sales team of 40 or 50 people. And um, my neighbor... He was running one day, and, and and he's like, Johnny D, he stopped, and he says, well, it, it was kind of a funny story. He, I said to him, I said, hey, man, you are you jogging? He goes, no. He goes, I'm just breaking in a new pair of tennis shoes. <laughs> so, and that's exactly what happened. I know it's not funny, but it really was funny at the time. And then, and then, and then, and back then, we had like Walkmans, and he, and he took out this tape, and he says to me, he says, hey, you need to listen to this guy. Man, he reminds me of you. And I said, what are you talking about? I go, so what are you listening to? He says, a motivational speaker. I said, what's, what's a motivational speaker? Like, what, what, what do they even do? And, and, and so I start listening to this guy. And um, I was like, wow, I do this stuff every day. So um, I'm one of those people that I, um, I'll just do it. I'll jump right in there 100%. So I called the guy. I called him. And I was like, uh, his name was Larry. And I said, Larry, I said, my name's Johnny D. And I was like, I can do what you do. He says, oh, really? <laughs> Joshua, kind of like the same story yeah. you told me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so he, he put me through this, this months of, uh, you know, you're, you're going to do this. If you don't do it, don't call me back. If you're going to do this. I mean, and, and, and I did everything that he asked me to. And um, one day I had to make a decision. Was I going to stay a marketing director? Or was I going to reach out and try this newfound um, respect that I had for public speakers? And, um, yeah, I walked in one day and quit my job. What, That's it. Just one, I mean, that, just like that. So when you think about that transformation, walking away from a job like that and a career that's, that's solid, steady, you know, security obviously is a myth, but I'm sure there was a feeling of security what was at the root of you deciding? I mean, was it people? Was it like in the perform on stage? What is the, at the root of why you would go into something that is, you know, all the traveling you have to do and all the, all the different things that go into it. It's a, you're serving all these people, 
you know, what, what is the root that said, you know what, this is really what I want to do. I, I'm doing this, but I really have to do this. What, what do you think is the, at the root of that? God. God, Joshua. Um, I'm getting goosebumps right now because, um, and I knew that this would happen, and you guys are probably going to make me start crying again, but um, I wasn't expecting any of this today. Um, You're welcome. And, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I'll never forget the day of driving, and I'll never forget this. I was driving into work. And um, I says, um, God, if you let me do this for a career, I will never ask for another thing ever again in my life, ever. And um, I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this for me. I want to do this for you. I want to do this for, for people. I, I, I want to make a difference. And I'll never forget walking in and talking to the branch manager. And um, my mouth was moving and God was speaking. I got into my car and I literally said to God, I said, what the heck did you just do to me? I just quit my job. I said, if you're real and this is all real, I said, I'm going to put the radio on and you're going to play my favorite song. Let me tell you something, guys. That song was on the radio when I put the radio on. Hmm. Wow. So it was God. Wow. So that, that shift and and having that motivation you know that you know cuz i i i with you as far as but god being a huge motivator but i'm sure that it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows absolutely not i went I'm, home and told my dad i quit my job and he told me how stupid i was was there and you've been doing it for how long now 23 years 23 years my first paid speaking gig um uh is is right right in a man cave when you walk out of my man cave there is from 1996, I spoke for 20 minutes for this big company, and I got paid, I think, 150 or 250 bucks for my wow. first paid gig. Um, and, and you talk about that. So I had a nice place to live. I had nice cars. Mm-hmm. I did everything. And, um, I, and, and, I, and I gave all this up, not knowing even what a motivational speaker really does. I didn't yeah. know about traveling. I didn't know about CDs and books and all this stuff, right? right. Um, yeah, so... You think that uh, you're going to be this big star, and um, I basically lost everything, man. I moved into a basement bottom apartment with three guys I didn't know. I had to padlock the room. Um, I bought a. I couldn't even afford a bed at that time because I had money put away that I wanted to make sure that I had. You know, I had a daughter and everything else. I bought a uh, a love seat that folded out to a bed. That was my first bed, and. Um, uh, I had a phone and, um, I barely kept that on. I had a cardboard box for my first desk. Wow. When I say I gave up everything, I literally gave up everything. I, um, I was too proud to, to ask mom and dad for anything. Um, I would, um, I would cook potatoes for three or four days because that's what they were cheap. Um, yeah, sometimes I wouldn't eat. And uh, I would, I would literally, I, I bought a, an old pickup truck from my brother. That two of the windows were knocked out because I sold my car because I couldn't afford a new car at that point anymore. And um, I, when I spoke for Rotary clubs and Optimist clubs and all these different clubs that would that would wouldn't pay me, but they would feed me. They, um, I would park my truck at least a block or two away where they couldn't see it because I was the guy that had it together. Wow. And I told my story and, uh, 
So, I, I don't know if that's what no, you were after, are, but yeah. Those are some, <laughs> some challenging times. I think there's probably a lot of people listening who may be in that spot. And I think to see where you are now and know what you had to go through to get there, I think, you know, it was it your faith, the the drive? I questioned my faith at that point. It's easy. It's 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 beautiful. easy not to question your faith, right? When right. you have money and you have right. and you have everything going on, you have right. insurance, you have a daughter. You, yep. I mean, everything's going right. Yeah. It's it's easy to have faith, sure. right? Sure, but, but it gets tested in those. It dark gets tested, places. right? And and, 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 the, and the one thing I always, to this day, to this day, twenty three years later, um, and Joshua, um, you, you've you've heard me say it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there isn't um, a gig that I will not do because of money or this or that it's because God gave me the opportunity mm-hmm. and I'm still doing it. When I looked at the other day, somebody asked me, I'm like, Oh yeah, I think I've been speaking for 15 years. I went out to the garage and I saw 1996 was my first paid gig. I'm like, I've been doing this for 23 years. I was in high school. Wow. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so yeah, yeah, man. So yeah, it's a, it, it hasn't, listen, when, when you have a dream, or, 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 or when a dream has you or you have passion, but the passion has you, money doesn't motivate you. Mm-hmm. Man, it was just speaking to anybody who would let me speak. So what was you the, know. as far as being in that really challenging space, I mean, as far as like getting back into those clubs and, and, and thinking of everything you gave up, you know, that drive, if, if somebody, you know, somebody right now was in that spot, they were, they were chasing their dream. What would you tell them to say, Hey, they don't have, you have, we have the, I have the luxury. Bill has the luxury of knowing where you are now. Yeah. You didn't then you right. didn't know how the story was going to turn out. What, what was that drive? And what would you tell somebody who is in that space right now? That's a great question. And I would say probably be honest with yourself, check yourself. That's tough to do sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I joke around, Joshua, and, you, and you, Bill, you, you, you've heard me say it, and, and, and people that might be listening to the podcast uh, that do know me, I joke around a lot, but sometimes the, the joking around comes from insecurities mm-hmm. or people telling you that you can't do something. But one thing that even though I joke around about it, it's for real, and that is, and it should be real for everybody, and that is you should be able to look in the mirror every single day and love that person. Mm-hmm. That's not conceit. That's not being stuck up. That's saying, you know what? I love that person. I, I love the person that has been created. Sure. I love the person that that is going through the hard right. time. I always say, you know, it's it, I love the hard times. Mm-hmm. It makes you appreciate the good ones. I mean, if you think for one second that my first book, it was written on napkins. It was written on napkins because I didn't have, I mean, listen, I mean, I literally, I didn't even have enough money to pay for paper. Nice. You know, so speaking I hope of, I answered your question. I'd kind of like, yeah. Speaking so. of tough times, I know your audience knows you from uh, traveling around the country, speaking to like Fortune 500 companies and, and all sorts. Of, I mean, all the way down to the high schools. Yeah. And, and at the same time, uh, every weekend you're off uh, talking and interviewing NASCAR drivers. Yeah. Of thousands of people. Um, one of the things that uh, interests me, and I would hope, I would think would interest the audience as well. Speaking of those tests, this first album, Motivational Thoughts with John Demetrician. You've got like over 43 cuts on here. Yeah. Uh, it looks like you really put a lot into this. Now, going back to that time frame, this was like 2000. Uh, tell me a little bit about what it took to get that off the ground. I mean, did you, uh, was this like I had to scrape together 
you know, every last penny. Tell, tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was on a small, and Bill, you might remember this guy. Um, I know that you probably didn't listen to country music, but there was an old DJ. Oh, yeah, be- oh you did? <laughs> okay, oh, do you remember Dino line, Day? <laughs> do you remember Dino Day? Oh, yeah. So Dino Day, um, um, me and him met, and, and he really, he, he took a liking to me. And so what I would do is these motivational Mondays. And so every day, and he wasn't like um, this guy that was always like, hey, how you doing? And he would always be like, dude, I need this. So it better be good this week. And I would call in and do these motivational thoughts. So one day I thought to myself, man, I have 40 or 50 of these already. I can make a tape. Well, that's great. But I wasn't recording them at the time because most of the time I was on a phone. And uh, so what I did was I, I went in the studio with all these thoughts and I, I I put them. It wasn't even a CD back then, Bill. It was a cassette tape. Okay. Nice. So I'll cool. never forget. I had like three hundred bucks, guys. Three hundred bucks. And to me, that was a ton of money. Okay. And uh, I went in there. And you remember the the uh, cassette tapes? It was like oh, side A, yep. side B, side A. Guys, I nailed it. I had time. I I did everything. And then the guy looked at me, and he said. Gave me like the, the number one side. And um, and I'm like, so he goes, cut. He comes back. He goes, you have an hour to get this whole project done. And that includes editing. Side B, I talked so fast. <laughs> so so now, I mean, like, so if you listen to the actual, uh, the, uh, the, the tapes back then, side A was perfect. I nailed it. I had time. Side B, I talked so fast because I wanted to get all my stuff in that 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 tape so it was awesome so yeah oh yeah that that was a funny story i love technology maybe the audience can google cassette tape (laughs) (laughs) or maybe even eight tracks so guys (laughs) let let me let me speaking of tapes let me just brought up a funny story and i know you didn't ask but i'm gonna tell you anyways at christmas that year um i i literally had thirty dollars I had $30 for Christmas. Okay, that's not a lot of money for Christmas, okay? I went and I found a studio and I said to the guy, I said, hey, I said, I got 30 bucks in my pocket. That's all I have. And I have enough gas to get out to your place and back. I said, can you work me out a deal? I said, I want to come in the studio. And I said, I want to make a tape for my two brothers and my mom and dad. And I wanted to give it to them for Christmas. And he says, what? He goes, well, my fee is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, dude, this is all I have. Please. He said, yes. And I went in there and I did three 10-minute CDs, or um, tapes back then. And uh, basically, it was a Christmas present that they couldn't take back. And I let them know how much I loved them and how special they were in my life. And I'll never forget that because people often say, well, I don't have money for Christmas. I don't have money for this. I don't have money for that. Well, let me tell you something. That was probably the most memorable Christmas present for out of all the years I've been buying Christmas presents. And it was just kind of funny. And I know that that probably came out of nowhere, no, but, but, but it was just kind of cool how I literally had like 30 bucks. And, and what happened was the guy was so inspired I mean, he literally thought, I mean, I mean, I went to his like home studio, you know, and I mean, it was like in Farmington Hills and I mean, a big house. I mean, I mean, this guy had, had it together. 
he not only gave me my money back, but he edited everything for free for wow. me because I inspired him because of what I was doing. Wow. So that's amazing. Fantastic. Another thing, you know, that's really interesting as I look at the CD and I've seen some other pictures from being here for other shows of you in a suit um, and looking at this outfit on here. Uh, it looks a little different than the motivational cowboy. And I just, it's it, interesting. Where did motivational <laughs> cowboy come let me, from? Let me, let me pop in on that. That's one of the first things that, that drew me to, to Johnny. It's like to me, I spent like 10 minutes with him and I'm like, I got like Garth Brooks, and Tony Robbins. Right. <laughs> but, it's, but it's looking yeah. at your most recent CD, the time to stand out in your book, ripping pages and, you know, in the, in your website, it's motivational cowboy. And you, you know, obviously it's the same guy, but it's a different look. And, yeah. and, and I'm sure re the cowboy resonates with a lot of people, but that's a interesting. What, where did that come from? So when I look at, and I think of a cowboy, a cowboy just doesn't come from the South. Cowboy doesn't just come from, you know, the mountains. Um, I have been a cowboy ever since I had my first pair of cowboy boots, and that was probably in second grade. Um, if you look back... So cowboys come from Motown. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, listen, I always say, you know, Bill, I mean, you've seen me speak enough, and there's only two cowboys in Detroit, me and Kid Rock. That's right, <laughs> so, that's right. And um, so so finally, um, um, when I got enough money, I, I hired myself a PR lady, and, you know, she basically dressed me and told me what I was going to talk about and did all the things, right? And I was a suit and tie guy. That's That's what they were. That's what we did. That's what, you know, but I never felt comfortable. I gave my talks and I did everything that I, I, I knew I had inside me, but I wasn't feeling it on the outside. And, um, so one day I was, um, I was out and I had a photo shoot and I get out of my truck and my PR lady says, listen, I've been getting all this, you know, comments about you wearing a cowboy hat. That's not what we're after. And I'm like, well, that's who I am. I'm sorry, but I mean, you know what I mean? I can't be somebody else. I goes, and she's like, well, just, you know what? Go to your truck. You get, do you have your hat? And I'm like, yeah. And we're out by a pair, you know, by some railroad tracks and stuff. The sun was coming up. We were in Wyandotte, Michigan. And she said, um, um, go get your hat and put it on. I put my hat on. I turned around. She looked at me and she goes, go home and rip up every single tie you have. And at that time, uh, my space was really big. And I went home and I was the Detroit cowboy. And, um, so I was the Detroit cowboy for a long time. And, um, one day I was messing around and I was emailing a friend and I'm like, ha 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 from your buddy, the motivational cowboy. Literally within five minutes, he bought.com.org. He called me back and he goes, you're the motivational cowboy now. Wow. And that's how it happened. It was fate. It was like, I believe that God has had his hand on my career in, and on my path and it didn't just, I didn't create this. It was created for me. Wow. Wow. I hope that answers your question. No, it does. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting because I think we're all looking for ourselves a little bit. Yeah. You know, well, I, again, it goes back to yeah. something you guys asked earlier, and it's yeah. about honesty. Yeah. We have to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Listen. It's very... No, no, no. I'm just saying, I mean, if I was, I mean, even in high school, I mean, I would wear my corduroys with, 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 with cowboy boots. You know and what it's I mean? very... Uh, observing the Josh to notice that because now your next CD, yes, <laughs> welcome, motivational cowboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
This yep. one looks fantastic too. Now, was was there much of a jump between making the first one? Absolutely, and then the second one. When I went, when I jumped into that, um, and you guys have might might have heard the um, the podcast with JC Unger. JC and I met, and I started doing all of my CDs with him. And JC does all of the music on the. I mean, he is a one man band. This guy plays guitar, he plays drums, he does everything. And me and him connected, and I would go watch him play because he would play all over Michigan. Now he's down in Florida. And, um, um, yeah, so what I wanted, so so if you listen, the, 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 the one thing about my CDs that haven't changed, yes, the cowboy hat did come on later on, but the one thing that hadn't changed is music. I love music. And, Joshua, uh, you brought your son over, and, you know, he's – watching movies right now and joshua t- took him in the back room and he's like oh you're not gonna go in there that's where all johnny's guitars are yeah. <laughs> and i love music i'm not good at it but one thing i always want wanted was to be able to tell my my story and then add music i guess Is this just where like, spoken word came yeah from? yeah yeah and that's how spoken word came up and that in those of you i did not throw that into the podcast that Sounds is my perfect. ring i know it's like it comes at perfect timing yeah. right oh uh, that's, i thought you were talking about the gift from i thought that was actually coming from, from god <laughs> that was like the, the christmas angels was, <laughs> right was playing the chess. so um so yeah um uh, i love music and i know that people love music and, 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 and do you know that, that the, um, the motivational business, the inspirational business is a multi-billion dollar business. Billions of dollars are spent every single year. And 98% of it, people don't even open up the package after they buy it. Really? Such a small percent even opens up the book or that's, listens to the CD or, yeah, wow. it, it, it's crazy. So what I wanted to do was do something different than any other speaker out there. I was brought up on my dad. He loved country music and old country music. And so back then, they just told stories and they put music behind it. I wanted to do the same thing. And, and people are like, well, why do, why do you do it? I said, like, I want to trick them into being motivated. So you're, so you're hitting home runs because you've got good looking CDs. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking, speaking of that, I, we're talking about music and the guitars. And you said something earlier about Tim McGraw, but I'm sure a lot of people say that you look like this country star, that country artist. I got to know, what what country artist do you get compared to the most? I'm sure people would say, oh, you look like, yeah, you know, yeah, is there I, anybody that, I, I know it's apples and oranges, what you do versus them, but no, there's got right. to be a similarity there. Yeah, right now, I guess the, the older I get, and Tim McGraw, I used to get Tim McGraw all the time, but if you have seen Tim McGraw lately, I mean, that guy is fit. I mean, yeah. he changed his life about four or five years ago. And I am not working out 12 <laughs> hours a day right now. You know what I mean? So um, I was still looking for faith around here. <laughs> <laughs> so faith, yeah, faith I, hell that is. <laughs> Tim, Tim McGraw, um, definitely. Um, but everybody always says that I have eyes like Garth Brooks. I could be speaking in front of four or five, 6,000 people. And somebody that was in the very back says, you were talking right to me today. And it's funny because when they say that, man, it's it's so weird, guys, that, that you're asking me these questions because all these thoughts start coming to my head. Back in the day, when I first started my career, I didn't have anybody to really look up to, right? Because I didn't even know what a motivational speaker was. And we didn't have the internet. We didn't have, you know what I mean? So um, um, yeah, I'd go to the library and read a little bit and look through books. But um, I would watch CMT, Garth Brooks, on there doing, you know, his concerts or whatever. And I would turn off the music 
I would watch Joel Olstein at night and turn the volume all the way down and watch the way that they work the stage. So if you notice the way I talk today, I'm like a caged animal up on stage. And I think that a lot of that comes from who I am, yes. But Garth Brooks is also an entertainer. And, 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 and I learned a long time ago that if someone's going to listen to you, you have to be entertaining. You can't just tell a story. Yeah, you could tell a great story, and there's a lot of great, you know, speakers out there. There's a lot of great. I'm just that. What that wasn't me to stay like, like like one time. Somebody says, "Oh, we have you a podium." I said, "Well, you can get rid of that. And give me a, a cordless mic, because that ain't gonna work for me. I right. I can't be Johnny D behind that podium. I'm like a caged animal. I work that stage. I'm inside. You know, I'm all over the crowd. Um, so I think that that a lot of that comes from watching Garth Brooks. And and in watching um, Joel Olstein, I mean, listen, you 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 don't have to be a fan of either one of those, mm-hmm. but respect has to be given to those that have made right. it right. in their careers. Right. Joel Olstein is one of the one of the best uh, uh, pastors out there. Mm-hmm. Garth Brooks is one of the biggest you know musicians ever born. So it's it's kind of cool now to be able to look back when you ask that, and I will never forget. And that's when TV was like big, right. and I would watch. So in other so, words, Motivational Cowboys is like one step away from a, a WWE character, too. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, you've seen um, the, the shows. Caged, I mean, caged energy. We've done a few <laughs> gigs together, and it's pretty, I mean, he's he's all over the place. He's loud in your face. And then quiet and calm. I'd like to, I'd like <laughs> to, I'm going to ask this. I'd like to do this one time. I'd like to introduce Johnny at one of his events. Like, And here comes Johnny D. <laughs> caged energy. So, you know, yeah. what you were talking about, all those different speakers and, you know, talking in front of all those different crowds. And I'm sure there's the Kiwanis clubs and the Rotary clubs when you started. What's the yeah. biggest crowd you've ever spoke in front of live? Obviously, these podcasts are in the millions. But yeah. as far as a crowd, what's the biggest crowd? Eagle Stadium. <laughs> Eagle Stadium. Eagle Stadium. What I did in the a, world got yeah, you there? I want to hear that story. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I did a big uh, promotion for Pontiac back in the day. And um, I'll never forget. And I don't know how many... I. Guys, I mean, it was, I mean, it was sold out. Probably okay. 60, 70,000 at least, I, right? I, I, oh, wow. that, that's what I think. I don't know. Yeah. I, I haven't Googled it or anything, but it was sold out. And, and, and when they told me I was going to do this, I was like, oh, okay, because I ne- never had done anything that big before. And it's weird. I didn't have an earpiece in, so I couldn't hear myself. All I heard was the echo every time I said a word. Three or four words later, it was coming back to my ears. So it was so weird to to talk in front of a big arena without an earpiece because I couldn't hear myself. And I, I would hear myself later, like every third or fourth word, it would be kicking back to me because of the echoes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Eagle Stadium. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So, yeah, it, was, and it, it and you feel so small. Yeah. Like, 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 like when you when you say like when I said something funny and then you they you get a laugh. I mean, it's cool. A few thousand, could you get 50, 60,000 or whatever, however many people were in wow. that stadium. I was like, what? they're, they're laughing at me. They're yeah. having fun with me. Like it was, right. it was, it was awesome. It was, it was awesome. Scary. Um, but yeah, so Eagle yeah. Stadium to answer your question. We're all, you know, you and I have talked about this, you know, through our, you know, you helping me with my journey as a speaker. Has there ever been a point where you've Maybe that was a big moment where there was a really big moment as a speaker, or maybe your podcast had a certain amount of views or books, a certain amount of sales where you've ever felt like you've arrived. No, or have you not felt that way? Yet? No, I haven't. 
Really? Um, well, speaking of arriving, when, when, <laughs> when, when at what point did you get uh, Grammy considered? Because to me, that's pretty close to arriving. My, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you know what? Okay, I'm always but, looking for that chair that's got uh, Johnny D in you it. You know what, Bill? That's that's another great question, and um, I don't get worked up over labels. Um, I I yeah. So it was two CDs ago. Uh, JC, you know, did everything. I got uh, I got. Um, a uh, record company basically, um, uh, you know, got a hold of me. I did the CD and it was, it came out just awesome. I think it was awesome. And, um, it was super cool. It was super fun. And, um, but I'll never forget that journey. Um, what was it you like know. when you first got the word? So, yeah, that, so I was just told. Just to see some of those other people. The yeah. thing that blew my mind was just some of the other people that were on that list. Yeah, so so um, I, I got to be honest with you. When JC called me to tell me that this was Grammy considered, that was after the record company told us that my CD was no good. So they had told oh, me that the CD. Nice. They told me it was garbage. They told me to get rid of it. They told me yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I went to Nashville, the whole deal, man. And then... um. Me, me and two buddies of mine drove back and, and I was in tears. I'm like, man, I, I thought I got it. Like I was, you know, to be signed by, by a record label yeah. and I was a motivational speaker, not a singer. Right. That, that was cool. But to, for them to tell me that it was no good. And then to, to a couple months later, JC called me and said, Hey, um, are you sitting down? I said, like, yeah, I'm in an airport. He says, um, he says, I got to tell you something. He goes, our CD is is considered for a Grammy award and I said that's cool what's a Grammy <laughs> I didn't even know what like you you know you hear Grammys okay we we all have yeah. but I didn't associate myself with an award that big sure so at the end of the day he told me that I wasn't considered just for one not for two not for three but four Wow. Four Grammys on 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 that one. So that's amazing. Even after that, and you know, after the uh, CD sales and stuff like that, I never considered myself, and I still don't. It's kind of cool when, I, like, sometimes when when uh, you go to your own what, like, when I go to my own website, I'm like, holy cow, that's me. Like, it, it's well, still kind of cool to know that what I get to do every single day. You know, um, I guess w- when you said. Um, have you felt like you made it? It makes me think about something I, I, I've been able to say for many, many years. And that is I have done more in my life already than most people could ever dream of. I have traveled and I've been, you know, successful in what people say success is. I guess when I can lay my head down and know that I was a great father, that success when I can lay my head down and know that I was a good son, a good brother, a good cousin, a good friend to somebody, when I could put a smile on just a stranger's face, I guess I have made it. When, when I can leave this earth and know that I tried, I guess I have arrived because you know what? I'm not scared about tomorrow. If, if, if something would happen to me, I know that people could say, man, that guy was fun. He was this, he was that. So I guess they're, they're, it's like I'm doing what I love. Uh, uh, Bill, I was telling you this earlier, and, and that is, a, um, I don't know, years ago, a friend told me, my friend Bob told me, um, he says, uh, I hope you never know how good you really are. And I wanted to punch him in the face. 
I said, what's that supposed to mean? I got offended. He says, because you won't be you if you knew how good you really are. So I hope I never find out how good I really am. So anyways, I hope I answered your question. I just keep oh, telling absolutely. stories. So. No, I think it's interesting because I think, you know, I, I went through a transformation and that's kind of how I met you a few years ago. I decided to, that I wanted to do something like, you know, in, in a similar, similar, similar type yeah. career, career path. And I think obviously we all have our own thing as far as what we really want to do. And then there's a lot of people who I interact with who, you know, they, they have a life and a job and, and, and those are all great, but there's also like this quiet desperation that a lot of people live with. Yeah. And, and to go after that, what would advice you have someone who's stuck in a job they don't like, and maybe they don't want to be a speaker. Maybe they want to get new music. Maybe they want to get into cars or whatever, making that shift and say, you know what, I am going to, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to like with, with what you did, I'm willing to take this career and flush it and start over. And it's a tough deal. What, what advice would you have with those people to be able to look that person in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm going to do something different. I mean, to find, to go from where they are now in that quiet desperation to doing what they really were built for. What advice do you have to those people? Cause I know that there are probably thousands of people listening who are in that exact same spot. You know what, Joshua, you're absolutely right, right? But we know that 98% of them will never take that leap of faith. Right. Okay? So so why, why you were asking me that question, I was thinking about everything you were just saying, and that is start enjoying the job that you do have. Start enjoying what you're already doing. Yeah. Listen, if you think for one second, if you're not happy, finding another job is not going to make you happy. You have to be happy. Listen, life is going to be tough if you have your job, your job, my job. If you, I tell you what, walk a mile in my shoes, and you're like, man, I want mine back. Right. I want my job back. You know, joking around, but 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 it's not joking around. And I'm trying to answer your question, but it there is no there 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 is no. This is how you do it. First of all, you have to like yourself. Like I was saying earlier, you have to be able to look in the mirror and go to work and be be the person that you want to be. Right. But 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 everybody wants Bill's life or Joshua's life or Johnny D's life or somebody else's life because we think that they have it together, right? And you've and you've often said that. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of times I use this this analogy in in in, in my talks, and that is, I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, just think about for one second three of your biggest problems, and mentally write them down for me. And I give him a couple seconds. I said, now I'm going to take my cowboy hat off. I'm going to pass it around and you're going to put all those problems into a hat. And they're going to be gone, gone forever. And everybody's shaking their head just like you are, Joshua. Like, yeah, all right. I got three, get three of my biggest problems and they're gone. Whoosh straight out the window. But now I'm going to pass the cowboy hat back around and you're going to pull somebody else's problems out. And now those are yours. I guarantee you, most of the time, people are going to say, can I have mine back, please? Right. That makes sense. Wow, that's true. You know what I mean? Because, listen, if you think for one second, do you know how many weddings I've missed? Do you know how many funerals I've missed? Do you know how much I've missed with my daughter because I followed my dream? I mean, I I get emotional, and and I almost want to start crying now just thinking about how much I have missed in my life because I followed my dream. 
Do you know, I mean, I've often said to you, I said, do you know what it's like to, to not have anybody at the house and be a single guy and have a grown daughter? I said, you got three little boys right. at the house, man. I wish I could have that sometimes. Right. And you're like, well, come over and I'll disappear for a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, we have fun about that. But 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 you see, enjoy what you have. Right. Not you, but everybody. I mean, no, we all makes sense. We, we all, all like I, I chose to miss things. And 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 when 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 people want Johnny D, I don't complain because that's what I signed up for. You want my attention? You got it. I put it out there. You practice what you preach. And, and that's one thing that my dad always said to me. He's like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're going to do this, man, you better be able, be able to back it up. If you're mm-hmm. going to talk the talk, you better be able to walk the walk. Mm-hmm. And then my dad said to me before he died, he says, he goes, you want the, the, uh, the, you want to be successful? Remember these three things. He says, be a man of your word, Johnny D. He says, keep your car clean. He says, and make sure your boots are always shined. He goes, and the people can roll up and see all the, those three things and know that you're a good person. How about two out of three? <laughs> <laughs> you lost me at the clean car. Don't want to hit, yeah, I don't want you to look at my car. <laughs> my car is trashed. No, but, hey, no, no, but, talk- but, but, but you see what I mean? I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're little yeah. things that no, all of us know. No, I hear you. You know? That, well, this- that brings me to a quick point. Sorry, Josh. Um, <laughs> Uh, off of that, when I first met you, one of the very fir- very first things, it was actually for the uh, release of your album, Outstanding uh, yeah. Bound. Yeah, yep. And one of the first things that hit me was, based on everything you were just saying, was that you were talking about living the outstanding life. Yeah. Where did that concept... Great question. Co- where did that come yeah, from and yeah. get people to stand out? Well, um, um, uh, those of you that don't know, um, I was married, had a very successful marriage, Um uh, yeah, it lasted about a year and a half. And, um, <laughs> got some longevity there. Uh, had, had enough time to have a beautiful daughter. And, um, but, um, yeah, all can decide. So, so the outstanding thing came, came to this. Um, and that was, um, I had perfect credit guys when I was married and before the marriage and the whole deal. But I'll tell you what, something happened after I got divorced. I kept getting these letters from these people. I never, I didn't even know what half of these stores were, who they were, what they were doing. Um, you know, Macy's and Hudson's and all. And and I kept getting the, these letters saying I've had outstanding balance, Mister Demetrician. You have an outstanding balance on this. And you have an outstanding balance on this. You have an outstanding balance on that. So I walked into work one day and someone said, "Hey, Johnny D." How you doing? I said, outstanding. Thank you so much for taking the time to ask. And I got a reaction from them because people don't like enthusiastic and motivated people, right? So I kept people, people kept coming to my office and going, hey, how are you? And I'm like, outstanding. And, and, and all of a sudden people all day long. And, then, and, then, I, and then, then they started to hold me accountable. So I was living the outstanding life before I was even a motivational speaker. Wow. Funny, funny story about all that. That was all taking place after I sold my first company. I was working at a uh, mortgage company. Okay. This was years and years ago. And I'll tell you what, a friend got me a job. This was after my divorce. And uh, I hope I'm not boring you guys, but no, this, no, this, this is, is what a, we want. This, this is a great get, story. Get to know Johnny D. I got to know, like, I mean, I was, I, man, I, I, uh, I cut grass. I was a landscaper, right? I was in shape. I was tan. I had long hair. The whole deal, man. He's still and, in shape. <laughs> I was um, so, but this guy, 
this guy, his name was Bob, and I can't remember his last name. I mean, he had the fancy cars. He had like a load. I mean, this guy, he dressed nice. And I was like, man, that's success. I want to be just like this guy. Man, he loved me because I would work 14, 15 hours a day. And man, I got good in, in that business because I wanted to be like him. I thought that that was success. I thought that that would make me happy. And I'll never forget one day. I, I, I met my dad and I had my suit and tie on and I was, you know, you know, doing mortgages and I, I thought I was cool. And, and my dad said, Hey, and now my dad was skilled trade for Ford motor company. He goes, look around here. He goes, don't you think for one second that you're ever better than me or anybody else in this bar? He goes, just because you have a white shirt on and a tie doesn't make you better than anybody. Wow. He goes, right, let me tell you something. He goes, see those three guys down there with ties on? They don't even know how to pay for their lunch. They're asking each other for money. Us factory guys, there's not a person in here that's broke. He goes, and he taught me a lesson. Right. Right? So, so after that, I still, man, I wanted to be just like this guy, Bob, man. I mean, this guy, I mean, his, he had everything for his wife. Again, fancy cars, big house, the whole deal. Right? And, uh, I walked into work one day and the FBI padlocked the office door. He got, he got sent to prison on 75 accounts of mail fraud and two accounts of investment fraud. He had been cheating people the whole time I knew him, mm. but I wanted to be just like him. Wow. <laughs> you talk about checking yourself. You talk about thinking that, that just because somebody has this or has that, that that's going to make them, I'll bet like they're that they're better than you. I didn't know any better back then. I just thought, hey, this guy has money, man. I want to be just like him. Right. But I'll tell you what. Yeah. I'll never ever want to be anybody, but I want to be somebody that's honest and truthful and a good person. This guy was a crook. So anyway, right. it's a funny story that, no, that you guys probably didn't even know. Well, I'm sure that <laughs> happens with people a lot now with the highlight reels of social media too. We see people and they think they got it together and we have no idea. But, you know, you, you brought up your dad several times yeah. um, on several occasions from, you know, the time in the bar to, you know, different things. What, what, what are what, what, it sounds like your relationship with him was extra special. Was he was he the one of the main driving forces to be the wind, the wind in your sail to, to do what you're doing now? Well, I told you earlier when I first started, you know, my dad told me how stupid I was. Yeah. And um, because he wanted, and we're all fathers, we want the best for our children. And that's all he wanted. But Joshua, again, I'm going to tell somebody, I'm going to get very, very transparent and honest. And um, it happened right here in my backyard. And um, my dad always, always, every single day, multiple times, would call me and tell me that he loved me. Every time he saw me, he hugged me and he kissed me. Not a day went by that I can never not remember my dad telling me that he loved me. But I didn't know if he was proud of me because I was different. I didn't want to work in a factory. I didn't want to be skilled trade. I didn't want to do none of that. I wanted something different. There was something different about me that I didn't even know myself. And I remember one day my dad came over and um, we were having a beer and I looked at my dad now, there's my dad right there, you know, I mean, big beard, the mustache, the whole deal. And and uh, 
I just said, hey, Dad, I got a question for you. I said, Dad, I said, I know you love me. I said, but are you proud of me? Are you proud of the man that I am today? And my dad grabbed me and he started crying. And my dad didn't cry. And he just looked at me and he just hugged me so hard. And he just said, I'm proud of you. I just don't know how to handle you, John. You're different. He goes, I never want to let you down. I never want to say the wrong things. So, yeah, I mean, my, I mean, to this day, I mean, I mean my dad still teaches me things. And uh, just like being a father, there's probably not a day that goes by that, you know, I don't call my own daughter and say I love you. But my dad just did not handle me, you know, because I did. I had a dream and he never had a dream. Right. You know, his dream was to just make sure I had what I had. And when right. my brothers, you know, he put us through Catholic schools. He put us through, you know, I, I had my first car. I had all those things. You know, um, after that, my dad came and heard me speak for the first time. And um, again, I made my dad cry and he grabbed me behind the stage and he hugged me and he says, that was amazing. And now I know why people love you. That's it. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, no, <laughs> no, but you made me think about things that. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, In fact, that's one of the reasons I like you the most. It's, I, it's always drawn me to, to everything that you do. And it's, uh, to me, sometimes life feels like it's like five boards. And at, this, at some point in the day, you're going to get hit by a board. Mm -hmm. At least five of them. Like, you know, <laughs> a day? Yeah, a day. Like, like, like life just throws <laughs> boards at you. Some days you, you can see it coming, you duck. Other days, like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> And life sometimes just feels like, you know, the average normal people, like life is just beating us down. Yeah, yeah. And to even have a dream, like sometimes it's yeah. like, no, don't have a dream, boom. You yeah. Know? <laughs> don't, don't, don't try for your dream, boom, you know. Yeah. And that's where everything that you and Josh, uh, everything you guys do, I think to me is, is just amazing. It's incredible that what you do is try to reach down into their, you know, being mm -hmm. and like try to find that outstanding person that wants to be different. Yeah. That wants to be. So to me, that's so relatable. You know, I always say, take the word just out of your vocabulary. I'm just, right. um, you know, a house husband or a stay at home dad. Like, wait, wait what, what do you call him? Um, uh, uh, Mr. Dad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just a wife. I'm just a truck driver. I'm just this. I'm just that. I'm just this, 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 this. Take the word just right out of your vocabulary. If you're going to be whatever you are, be the best flipping person you can be. Yeah. I think it's you interesting know? about all of this too is, you know, you have a presence on social media and you're in front of thousands of people virtually every week. But a lot of times people probably don't realize that that person is a real person. You know, he's like this motivational cowboy, but there's, you know, and, and given that chance to hear the stories about your dad and, and, and see the emotion on your face, the people listening can't, but you know, to, to realize how real you are that basically that's really what you're telling people yeah. when they be honest with yourself, like the guy in your, in the mirror is be real. Yeah. And, that, and that's where you're yeah. like an extraordinarily real person <laughs> in the point where you're here in the studio breaking down because you're so real. And I think. I mean, that's got to help you on stage, yeah, though. Yeah, it does. So it's kind of funny. Again, I'm sorry, guys, but this is another funny story because, like, you know, my daughter, she does. Listen, my daughter don't care about 
my dad's the motivational cowboy. I'm just dad. Okay. And so one time someone's like, said to my daughter, right, right in front of me, this was great. They're like, oh my God, what's it like having your dad as the motivational cowboy? And she just looked, she was younger and she's like, what are you talking about? My dad runs around going, pull my finger, pull my finger. <laughs> or, 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 or one time uh, I, I, I um, had a roommate, me and him, we were roommates forever. And it, it was awesome. His name was Scott. And, um, you know, again, somebody asked him, like, what's it like having Johnny D as your roommate? And he looked and he goes, like, what are you talking about? And he was a big dude like, mm-hmm. like, like, like you are, Joshua. And, he, and he's like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, I mean, your roommates with the motivational cowboy. What's that like? And he looked at them, and Scott had a really cool sense of humor. He goes, if you think for one second that we're running around in our boxer briefs, high-fiving each other, going, outstanding, outstanding. It's not like that every single day. John's a real guy. Yeah. For the podcast listeners, do not be disappointed. (laughs) Well, you know, the other thing, too, is interesting. We've talked about your book and, and your your CDs, and we all know that you do, the, as Bill said, the Chevy NASCAR stuff. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there. Like, when what kind of organizations have you come in? And what, what, what kind of organizations do you speak to? Like, what I mean, we know you're a motivational speaker. Yeah. as a motivational cowboy. But w- what kind of groups do you talk to? Yeah, no, that's a great question, too. And, um, like, I mean, I've spoken for Fortune 500 companies. I'm speaking just next month. I'm speaking for um, um, a big agricultural, you know, company, and going in and you know motivating their 200, 300 people. Um, I'm speaking next week. I'm speaking at. Um, I'm doing an event that someone's putting on. That you know, it's so funny. You 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 talk about the big ones and the little ones. Mm-hmm. And this guy calls me. He's like, I just have this small meeting with only 25 people. Would would you be willing to come and do it? And I'm like, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, when you, when when I look back, and and even we talk about our reels, mm-hmm. and we think about the all the companies that I've spoken for, I've probably forgot about eighty percent of them because I'm just looking ahead to the next one. You know, it gets mm-hmm. it, 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 it's tough. Or um, so yeah, so big companies, small companies, um, but Is majority it big like conferences, special events or special. No, you know what? Um, so this is a great question too, Joshua, and I'm going to answer it with this. Somebody like we all have niches. You've been in this business long enough. Everybody has a niche, right? And and what you talk about has a niche. I got to be honest, but living the outstanding life does not have a niche. I can speak at a church one day. I could speak at a corporation the next. I could speak at a small uh, a VIP meeting for some. We all need to live the outstanding mm-hmm. life. The biggest compliment that I've ever gotten was probably when people listened to my CDs and they said, I was listening to your CD and my five-year-old in the back says, can you play track five again? <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, um, you know, big companies, small companies. Um, yeah, there, I mean, yeah. And, and, and there's nothing too big or too small that I won't do. Johnny D will speak to them all. <laughs> That's one thing. Obviously, I've, I've been fortunate enough the last couple of years to really, you know, have you as a mentor and help me with my business. And one thing that I used to always think is that you had a speech and you get paid to go and do that speech. But you really taught me about how you can take a similar idea and customize it. So like you said, mm-hmm. like you that church and then the corporate thing the next day. 
it's not like it's the same talk, but it's like it's the same talk. It's and, your and, story. Yeah. And Dale Carnegie always talks about, talk yeah. about the things you have the right to talk about. Right. And you'll never lose. Right. Well, guess what? I can't tell Joshua's story. I can't tell Bill's story. Right. I can tell Johnny D's story. Right. Right. So, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we do tailor our presentations to the group, but at the end of the day, they're hire, hiring us to speak to their group about right. our journey. Well, it's what's interesting too is like the research you said, Bill said earlier about dedicated, you know, because you showed me some of your stuff for the, for clients, and there's like a three or four page thing that you have these clients fill out, and so it's not like you just show up one day and speak. You each one of these, no matter how big or small, it's like you put all this time and effort into learning about this organization, this event, those goals. I mean, that, that that's got to take, I mean, people probably think you just show up, but there's more to it, isn't there? Listen, if I hear one time you get paid all that money for just talking for an hour, right. I was like, an hour, that's the fun part. Right. <laughs> Being on stage is the easy part. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like the prep work. It's the traveling. It's just like, you know, it, it, and, it, and it's no difference, Joshua, when I, when I speak for a corporation mm-hmm. or a meeting, then when I interview the NASCAR drivers, there's prep work. Right. I have to know what goes on in their lives to be able to talk about it on stage with these men and women. What about the people who ask you to speak for 20 minutes or half an hour and expect to have it like that's up. You're not speaking as long. So it should be at a big discount. So listen, I, it, a lot of times yeah. it's more difficult. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm like, well, 20 minutes, man, I'm just getting warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> that's my introduction. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I mean, it, and that is no easy task for any speaker. Now, back in the day, a 20 minute talk was a big deal. It's just like yeah. I told you, it's like yeah. you had to start with a 20 minute talk. Sure. Cause you didn't have enough material. Sure. And then your 20 minute talk tur- turns into a 30 minute talk. And that 30 minute talk, talk turns into 35 minutes. It's, it's just like a, a, a comedian, a speaker or anybody else that does what we do or, or even a band. They mm-hmm. don't just let you get up there and do three sets. They let you get up there and do three songs. Mm hmm. And that's it. You have to start somewhere and don't be embarrassed that you have to start small. You know, I mean, I told you, you came over today because, you know, I purchased a, um, an RC car from you and, and, and I, and I, and I, I couldn't even control it. And I was like, you're, you just kind of looked at me like a little kid and you're like, you'll get used to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and just whatever it is in life, it's like, yeah. you, just because you're good at one thing, I don't want to be good at everything. I want right. to be good at what I do and what I've been put on this earth to do. At the end of the day, when that day comes, I want people to be able to celebrate my life and 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 and, and get to meet like people like Bill and you mm-hmm. and and them say, "Well, I knew him from over here," and you're like, "Well, he was the same guy as he was over here." Mm-hmm. I never want. I I I never being around so many celebrities and, and speaking for big groups and meeting people that weren't real. Or you had this image of who they were and they weren't like that at all. Mm -hmm. I always said to myself, I want people to meet me and say, you are just like the person I thought you were going to be. Right. And Bill, that's one of the things that um, at the end of the day, that's one of the first things that uh, you taught me about myself. You know, was just that. You're like, you're just this cool guy that people want to hang out with. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think this is a great idea, Josh. Because uh, yeah. you know, I've always you, told Johnny, I said, Johnny, you're just a guy somebody wants to grab a grab a beer with and hang out. Right. And, and then, because he's always genuine. I should I should put him on his social media bill, but I do have pictures of Johnny. That he, he might not know exists, though. <laughs> but I have pictures of him. I have pictures of him jumping on a bounce house with a three year old. Uh, excellent. <laughs> so, we're, we're, hey, that, to me, that was living the outside. 
living life. And your yeah. son and don't, me, I, that was so much fun. Don't sp- don't spill the beans, Josh. That's a live stream. We're gonna. We're gonna <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I I'm not sure where we're at with our time, Johnny. But I know we got about ten minutes. You probably have a lot of stories that you tell. You know, mm-hmm. from the stage, and you've you know we've talked about your journey, and you know, is there is there one story that 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 no matter if you're at a church, you're at a high school, you're at a corporate corporate event, there's one story that just always lands. There's like that signature one. You're most fun to tell. You enjoy it the most. Ooh, uh, that would probably be. You got 50 minutes to tell my whole talk. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but but I will say, um, at different times, Joshua, you know, I mean, we're not robots. Right. So at different times in our lives, one story even touches our own life. Sure. And we tell it maybe a little different way or we, 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 we put more emphasis on, on this line or this word. Mm-hmm. So you tell it a little bit different. But one that always sticks out, um, like one big one, is I always tell the story about me, my ex-wife, her husband, their two kids, and we all get along. I mean, I, I say all the time, I'm like, you know, they come over, we have wine, and we, you know, have a couple beers together. Uh, we are one big, happy Jerry Springer family, you know? So at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we all get along. So I, that is one story that I think, one, is important because people know people that are divorced, or they are in situations that they come from divorced families, and it's okay to get along. It's okay that you know what you 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 don't love that person anymore. So don't make their life miserable. And vice versa. Move on because it's not about you two anymore. It's about the kids that you are leaving behind and 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 you're bringing them into the drama. I mean, which, you and you know I, Bill. I, I, I mean, totally relate to that. It was another thing we had in common. I I yeah. loved how my Christmas plans revolved around my girlfriends, boyfriends, kids <laughs> yeah right yeah i mean it, it's it's one thing that i never and, and, and to this day you know i'm still very close to my ex-wife and her husband's uh two boys i mean one one just became That's what a I meant, ex. Got, yeah my, right. gr- my girlfriend's boyfriend right be weird. <laughs> <laughs> well and, and and two you know one that one one of the coolest compliments that i've ever gotten was um just like my book it's like when, when somebody doesn't even read and they say to me, they're like, your book was the first one I've ever read. Yeah, Speaking that, of books, that's, know, that's a great uh, segue for me because one of the things that I know uh, that your audience wouldn't know about Johnny, but it is hard when you're in the business, you're doing this stuff. It, it's hard to self-promote. Yeah. And one thing I like to tell the audience is that this is a great way. Johnny's got a body of work. I mean, another way to go back and actually – get to know you, is actually go back and then grab some of these uh, CDs. I mean, this is fantastic to get to know his early work, and it's a great way to get to know Johnny. It's funny. I, you, you brought this stuff out, and yeah. I was like, oh, man, well, I forgot I about that talk CD. About, and I, I, want, I, I know, know it's hard to promote some, you know, self-promote sometimes, but I, I really believe the audience would get a lot out of yeah. a lot out of this. And then also I wanted to bring up, to me, this was one of my favorites, was your book, Ripping Pages. Yeah. Mostly just because of the concept is is so out there in terms of marketing. Yeah, know, it's just great. Yeah, but it's just I'm going to be able to take a page, rip this out, and give it to somebody. Yeah, yeah. Now, how cool is that? Yeah, to be able to... because sometimes we don't. We're not all speakers. We're not all writers. So why not take something that somebody else already wrote and that you want to say and give it to them? Right, it's genius. And and then at the end of the day, when they're ripping pages out of it, 
guess what? The book becomes empty and they want another one. Exactly. <laughs> because <laughs> the okay, other part of genius be, is. Because, listen, at the end of the day, Bill, how many times have you gotten to a great page in your book that you were reading and you want to share it with somebody, but you can't rip the page out? Right, exactly. You can yeah. just talk about it. And then it really doesn't come out the same because... You, the author wrote that, not you. And then it, it ends up being tongue tied and you know what I mean? Um, so that's why I wrote that. It's like every one to two pages, the thought or the story changes. Speaking so. of changing uh, and your body of work, how do you, have you felt the progression over the years? Like, do you feel the change from, from, you know, see the album, the album and. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, you know, I, I was just telling um, Joshua this not long ago. I told him that um, I'm like, you know, people, people are speakers and then they become entertainers. Now it's the same thing. You're, you're telling your story and stuff, but you learn, you learn your, your, your craft. You learn how to be able to entertain and still show a lesson or teach a lesson. Some people do that by singing and, and, and other things. And some people do it as what I found is speaking. So yeah, I definitely feel completely different than I did when I was doing it 20 years ago. Another angel got its wings. <laughs> now, for those of you that here that go on once in a while, that is my ring, um, my ring uh, doorbell that goes off. So, and I live on a corner. So I think it goes cool. off it's all like the a time. heavenly cue to me. <laughs> so yeah, no. So yeah, yeah. You definitely, I have felt um, being able to get up and I mean, you know, because one day I'm doing a NASCAR event. And literally flying home and speaking at a big corporate event. And, and you and have to be ready to do them all. Because which is another reason that I know, Josh, this was a fantastic idea. Because I mean, from my standpoint, what people don't might not know about you is based on your schedule alone, it would be hard just to grab a beer and sit down. You're traveling yeah. all over the country week to week. And then even when he gets to come home, then you're off to another gig. So that is, you are right about that. So let me tell you. You, you talk about me being real. Let me tell you what happened two weeks ago. Okay, I had two weeks off. Now, in my scheduling, I, 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 I take time to, to find out who I am again. Right, because I'm 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 like a modern day clown. I always say, like I love clowns. You got you you got. We yeah. never we never even brought that in. No, right. So so here's the here's the thing. First of all, I love clowns, and people might think that that's weird. But let me tell you something. When you look at a clown, that clown is saying a lot without saying a word with their makeup, their facial expression. And you know what? That clown gets paid to make people happy every single day, right? So so just like my job, Bill, if you if you are hiring me to motivate your your company or your event or whatever, you don't care what I was going through last night or where I'm going the next day. You don't care if I'm fighting with my girlfriend. You don't care what's going on. You don't care. Why? Because you're paying me to be happy today. You don't care. And Joshua, if, if, if I'm going to your event, mm. you don't care that I just came from Bill's event. Right. You're paying me to be happy for your event. Right. So at the end of the day, I'm like a clown with no makeup. And sometimes that clown needs to relax. And sometimes that clown needs to figure out who that clown really is again. He has to wipe that makeup off. Well, two weeks ago, I took two weeks off. The first week was great. Bill, I know I called you a couple yep, of times. Yep. Like, you want to hang out? He's like, no, I can't. And, 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 and then it was it was great, though. I, got I to wanted hang out. to, though. No, no. I, 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 <laughs> it was fun for me to be home, right? Yeah, yeah. But the second week, guys, 
I almost went into a depression. And Joshua, I know I called you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, there's something crazy going on right now inside me. And he's like, what? I go, I feel like I'm depressed, but there's nothing to be depressed about. But it was because I'm so used to go, 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 go all the time. I didn't know what to do after four days off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, sure, so sure. it is kind of funny how you go through these transitions when you are an entertainer, when you do have to perform all the time. And it's not a bad thing. It's what I signed up for. It's what I enjoy. But it's weird when I'm not doing it. <laughs> it, it, it feels weird not doing it. So, right. right. I think yeah. a, lot of, a lot of pastors say they have a crash on Monday. On Monday, yeah. yeah. And I know that I struggle with that. And, and you've walked me off the ledge a few times <laughs> where you, you have a talk or like you, you have a weekend and, and, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, okay, I got the house to myself. What do I do? Yeah, yeah it's it's and and it's hard because you then then quiet feels like failure when yeah. it's really just quiet. You know what I mean? Right, and it's like, okay to have that quiet time. Yeah, I'm so used to being so busy, and I got a, a, a like for those couple of weeks, you called me a few times, and 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 mm-hmm. you're like, oh, and it's just like, okay, this guy needs to get back to work. But at the <laughs> end of the day. But at the end of the day, you also, and, and that's really back to that guy in the mirror too, right? You know, I think yeah. it comes back to that, you know, because the guy on stage and then the guy in the mirror, I mean, that's, yep. that's interesting to hear that perspective. Yeah, no, and it, and it's definitely the, uh, the truth. Well, guys, listen, I don't know what you have left, but we literally have four minutes left. So you got four well, minutes to get out whatever you need to get out. As long as we got a few <laughs> minutes left. Uh, listen, me... Bill, Bill always has something to say, doesn't it? <laughs> he does. he just, I, I love it. I'm stealthy when I, when I talk. Um, no, as long as we got a few minutes left, I know whether you've seen people have seen you at a at a motivational event or people have seen you at NASCAR. Uh, what is one of the best ways to get a hold of all the materials? Yeah, where where do they go? Yeah, just motivationalcowboy.com. I'm on Twitter at MC Johnny D number four, and um, Instagram I'm at motivationalcowboy, and you can find all that at motivationalcowboy. Perfect. So um, perfect. Guys, do you have any other questions? Because I just want to talk about something real quick, but I'm going to let, let you guys ask us since it's your show. Well, <laughs> I just I just want to say before, you know, you know, I met met you a couple, little a couple years ago, um, you know, just really, I mean, I'd been a speaker before, but I hadn't been doing it full time. And right. we met because of a mutual friend. And, you know, that's one of the things that is I've always taken away from you is the, as far as the authenticity of like, you're talking about these no small gigs. And as you've coached me and taught me how to, you know, we've had an opportunity to share the stage together a few times now. And, you know, I just, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate the relationship and the fact that, you know, you, you, you are willing to invest in an unknown like myself and then help me grow my business. And, and I think that, you know, that's something that a lot of people probably don't see when they're interacting with you is that not only you do that for me, but I know there's a lot of other people in my situation that, you know, you could be charging people money for that kind of yeah. guidance. And it's a, a relationship that's grown on a personal level, too. And yeah. um, I just wanted to take an opportunity with this audience to thank you for all the work you've put into my career and my life and and, and help, helping me with so many things. So. Um, Johnny D's the real deal, right, Bill? Yeah, I mean, Absolutely, I, you know, and I'd like a that. chance to just, uh, on a personal level, just thank you for your friendship. Yeah, uh, Johnny's not only uh, everything that we talked about today, but Johnny's just a genuinely good friend. Uh, I can't thank you enough, and I'd like your audience to know, I mean, there's been many days where I've felt depressed. There's been many days where I've had a lot of things going on, and, I mean, be, it doesn't matter the occasion, 
I mean, many times you're the only person that will even acknowledge it. And I'll be getting a text. Says, hey, Bill, just thinking about you and your daughter. Have an outstanding, you know, have yeah. an outstanding day. And a lot of those times, I know you're in an airport. Yeah, I know you're on your way <laughs> to your next year. And a lot of times, I know you're literally about to go talk to five thousand people, but you took the time, yeah, to say something. Yeah. So I just want to acknowledge in front of the audience that I just appreciate your friendship. Well, thanks, and guys. That means a lot to me, and I I just hope the audience gets a lot out of this because Johnny's just a great guy, and. Yeah. Uh, whether it's professional or personal. You know, I appreciate you guys for um, um, coming in and obviously you interviewing me. You've been a good sport, me. Johnny, for <laughs> That's right. hijacking, That's right. Your, hijacking your show. You've been a really good sport. <laughs> well, I appreciate everybody for listening to the Outstanding Life podcast. And don't forget, you can choose a platform to listen. And that is Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Player FM. And now you can make a donation to the station by PayPal and you can support the Outstanding Life podcast on Patreon. And you can see all of this at motivationalcowboy.com. You can tweet me at MC Johnny D number four. And don't forget, you can even follow me on Instagram. On behalf of all of us, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. We'll see you next time on the Outstanding Life podcast. Outstanding Life is a Soul Bridge Studio production.